Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. How many are thankful today that God knows what's happening before we get there? Amen. And God's been teaching us to pray and giving us the concept of David's tabernacle of a house of prayer, praying and worshiping so that God can, can dwell in the midst of his people today. Let's just look at God's word. Let's talk about what happens in a crisis. Let's, let's take a moment and, just, and, and, and speak right into this situation where we, all t- we are today. We, we know what's going on. Uh, you, you can't get away from it. We, you know, with businesses closing and sporting events closing, uh, churches closing, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, man, again, uh, the grocery store looks a little bare lately, right? Uh, they did tell us, may, I, I read in a couple places that, that maybe you should have two weeks of things in store in case you're quarantined, but from what I can see, it looks like two years of what people are buying. I'm not so sure that's a good idea, uh, but we're, 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 we'll let you deal with that. Um, uh, again, it seems like there's some overreaction going on, and yet, and we're hearing all these varying concepts from authoritative people about how severe, how many, what What's the future? What can we do? So, so we know what we're dealing with here. It's really unprecedented. Unprecedented. Never before we've done this. Uh, been in this kind of situation with this kind of reaction and, and the closing and, 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 and people being afraid and fearful. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I believe we're going to look at this thing. I'm going to look at this thing. I believe we are from God's perspective. We're not going to ignore it. I don't think that's wise. don't think it's wise to ignore what's going on. We should be informed. We should be careful. On the other hand, I don't think we should overreact and get into panic. Uh, for instance, today, uh, we made a decision in our own family listening to what healthcare people tell us. You know, Phoenix is on uh, uh, anti-rejection medication for her cornea transplant. So she takes uh, autoimmune medication. It greatly compromises her immune system. So we felt, according to what we've read, that she's, she is in one of those categories that, that just has to be very careful, stay away. So she's home today. And, uh, and we are praying for others in that similar situation. So there are decisions you make about your health, where you are, what's going on in your life. So we're, we're walking our way through. I believe what I want to share with you today as we look at where we are, let's look at this through a faith perspective. All right? Faith perspective. We're, we're hearing the other voices. We're listening. But I think if we do not have a faith perspective, then we don't have the whole story. Can somebody say amen to that? I think it's very important. What does God say? What is God's view? Where are we as the people of God? You know, what, what, what do we do? So, so we're going to look at this, and we're going to say, God, you help us make right decisions. So how, what's our attitude, and, and what do we do? Let's look at John chapter 14. I ask you to turn there in verse 1. Let's make a declaration today. You ready, church family? We're going to live by faith and not by fear. Okay, come on. Let's say that together. We will live by faith and not by fear. Let's say it again. We will live by faith and not by fear. Those are two opposite things, and we have to allow God to help us. So what do we see? If we're going to take a faith perspective, we're going to live by faith and not by fear, let's look at some things. First of all, let's look at John 14.1. Look at this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Come on. What a, that's Jesus saying that. Now, do you know you can have peace in the storm? See, look, let, me, let, me, let me help us. Faith 
does not mean I have to walk around saying, there is no coronavirus, there is no coronavirus, there is no coronavirus. Faith does not mean I have to walk around, everybody's crazy with me, everybody's crazy with me, everybody's crazy with me. Right? That's not faith. Faith sees the obstacle. Faith recognizes the crisis. Faith sees what's there. But faith also has one more glance. We not only see what's here, we also see who our God is in the midst of that. Faith is the perspective to look at reality with God's uh, perspective looking at this situation. So we, we need to do that. I've, I've given this to you before, but let, let, let me help you with this, all right? When, when, you look at, when you look at my Bible, does everybody still know what a Bible is? Okay, that's one. That's one right there, okay? So look, look, look at this Bible in perspective to that big screen. It's not very big, is it? It's really, the screen's a lot bigger than that Bible, right? But watch me. Watch what happens. If I do this, watch me. See the Bible? If I do this and look at that screen, guess what? I can't even see the screen. Now, let me ask you a question. Did the screen get smaller? Did the Bible get bigger? That's called perspective. Fear grabs everything and puts it right in your face. All right? Faith says, let's take one more step and let's look at the problem compared to the size of our God. That's a perspective of faith. It's reality. It's reality. Fear is not reality. Faith is reality. Come on. So you needed to hear that. So, so what do we say? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Trust in God. Trust also in me. So let's begin to establish that. Let's not let fear consume our hearts. Why? Because we what? Trust or believe in God. Drop down to verse 27 in this same chapter. John 14 and verse number 27. Look, look at this with me. Jesus said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Come on. Come on. Not just any kind of peace. Do you know you and I have access to the peace that Jesus Christ had when he walked on this earth? Peace I leave with you. My peace. Do you know you can pray for that because he promised it? Do you know you can expect that? Do you know the peace that kept him on the cross? That peace that let him walk through storms. The peace that allowed him to do the will of the Father. Let's read this. He says to us here, peace I leave with you. My peace. Are you ready? You have to earn, cry, go to church 38 times, bend over backwards, have a George Sawyer study Bible. No. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I what? I Come on, say, I receive it. Just receive the gift. I receive your peace, Lord. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not, he says it again, let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Come on, in Jesus' name. We take his word right now, right? Now, let's look at this from the, uh, I got a New Living uh, Testament. Look at this. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. If we are not looking at crisis through the perspective of God and His Word and faith, there is a gift that is available, but we will not find it. He's there. He's for us. So thank God for that peace. You know, God is not sitting in heaven going, what am I going to do? Aren't you thankful for that? God's not sitting in heaven going, oh, my word. They don't have toilet paper. 
God is not sitting in heaven, and, and we haven't replaced the anointing oil with hand sanitizer. Come on, somebody shout amen. See, <laughs> come on. See, God is not sweating this moment. He loves you. He's concerned about you. Your concern is important to him. But God's okay. See, think about this. Here's the important part about looking at life in faith. Uh, we have to keep our eyes on God. We, we, are, we are recognizing with reality. It seems like, man, everything around us is changing. I mean, how you shop is changing. And it happened in 14 days, two, day, two weeks. It seemed like two weeks ago we were pretty chill, and now everybody's going to another place. Everything's changed. School has changed. Work has changed. Uh, how you shop has changed. Where you shop has changed. How you go to work has changed. Everything's changed. But faith focuses on what hasn't changed. You know what hasn't changed? Our God hasn't changed. He's the unchanging God. He's immutable. He's unsearchable. You can't change Him. His Word is as true today on this third Sunday of March, March 15, 2020, as it was three years ago, five years ago, a hundred years ago. God's Word is true. God is true. What hasn't changed? What hasn't changed that if God be for you, who can be against you? What hasn't changed? There is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. What hasn't changed? My Word will not return unto me void, but will accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. God's Word hasn't changed. Jesus is still the healer. By his stripes, we're still healed. His word is still powerful. So I see what's changing, but I see the God who hasn't changed in the midst of where we are. We have a faith perspective. We're saying, God, we are going to live by faith, and we're not going to live by fear. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. I love this. For this reason, I remind you. <laughs> you know what I'm doing today? I'm reminding us. I'm reminding us. The word's reminding us. To do what? Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. God has done something in your life. Remember the goodness of God. Let's go to verse 7. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid. Come on. I, I, I'm going to have to let them go to the pull, pull King James in a minute here, all right? So get that ready. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us what? Power. Look at these other things the Holy Spirit does. And love and what? Self-discipline. Come on, let's quote it from the KJV. How, how many got this memorized? You ready? Let's try it. You ready? For, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yeah, fear. But power and love and a sound mind. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your mind race away. Don't get wrapped up in fear and completely lose your perspective. But God's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, a disciplined mind. Thank you guys. You're on it today. Can I say in church they're on it, dog on it, or is that wrong? Okay. So if I can, I didn't say it. All right. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power. Power. Come on. You don't have to walk around afraid. The power of God's operating in your life. God's a God of power. He's a God of power and love and of a sound mind. My, 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 my. What an awesome God we serve. See, that we're, we're, we're not panicking. We're going to live in peace. Do you know you make bad decisions when you panic? Do you know you make good decisions when you're in peace? Again, you can have peace in the middle of the storm. We're not saying there's not a storm. We're saying God's with us in the storm. 
God's with us. We're going to have peace. We're going to, we're going to look from faith. We're, we're, we're not going to be fearful. We're going to have faith. It, it's important. So let, 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 me, uh, let, let, me, let me talk about the next thing real quick because I want to illustrate this. So one thing I want to say, how do we look at this? Let's live by faith and not fear. How many say amen to that? I have to do this. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I haven't seen you shopping, so relax. It's not personal. But I think this is important. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, and I'll tell you after you read the verse what I'm going to say next. Philippians 2, 4. I want you to see this. You ready? Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Are you ready? I believe during this time that we need to be sacrificial and not selfish. Let's be sacrificial and not selfish. I mean, how much toilet paper do you need? You're going to have to freeze some of that stuff you bought or it's going to spoil. I got a lot of parallels here I could pull, but I just don't have time. You know, Jesus told him, I'm going to give you manna for today. If you gather for tomorrow, it's going to spoil. Well... Phyllis's sister told us yesterday that they live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The same thing happening there. And she got up early, 6 o'clock, to go to the grocery store because, you know, everybody, it was such a cool idea. People will, you know, shop for you. You just come pick it up. And that was working really good until everybody ran in and bought all the groceries. And they notified her, we can't fill your order because there's no food in the store to fill your order with. So she got up early and went to the store, and she goes to, there, you know, to, to, to buy some chicken. And there are four packs of chicken. And just as she stepped there to reach, this man was behind her, and she thought, you know, he needs it as bad as I need it. So she took two and left two. He picked his two up and said, thank you. So what is it about us that we could step aside and share in a moment like this? You know, on the bottom line, God's going to take care of us. I didn't say don't, 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 I didn't say be foolish, but I said I believe we can be sacrificial, not selfish. I believe we can begin to walk through this thing. See, let's don't let it change who we are. Let's don't let it change who we are. See, why can we be sacrificial instead of selfish? You know why we can't? Because we know who our source is. We know who our God is. He just happens to have a name called Jehovah Jireh, your provider. The word provider in the Hebrew carries the connotation of the eye. It literally means God sees what you need before you get there. He's already out in front of you. Come on. Come on. Does he know you and your family need to eat next week? Yes, he does. Does he know you need some food three weeks from now? Yes, he does. Do you know that God is saying to us today, I will watch over you. I'm going to take care of you. Do you know what we understand? He's the God who fed 2 million people for 40 years in the middle of a desert. Somebody help me here. 2 million people. 40 years in the middle of a desert, no microwave, no freezer, no refrigerator, no a man or oven, no vena hood, no kitchen, no nothing, and no one got sick, and no one went hungry, and no one went without, because he says, I am Jehovah 
Jireh. I'm the God who saw what you needed before you walked into the moment. And if you will trust me, I'm going to let you be a blessing in this time. I'm the God that when Abraham laid his son on the altar, I already had a ram caught in the thicket over there. I have your provision while you're walking up on the mountain. I'm not waiting on you to get there. I'm putting it there before you need it. When Elijah prophesied and King Ahab said, I'm going to kill him, he said, just go chill out by the brook and you got water in the morning and the ravens bring you food in the morning and in the night. And when the brook dried up, he said, go on over to Zarephath. I've spoken to a widow and she's going to take care of you. And he goes to Zarephath and he sees the widow and he says, what's up? And she said, I'm cooking my last meal. Me and the boy are going to die. Doesn't sound very good, does it? God says, I got you. Don't worry. Go on over and ask her to help. She says, it's all I got. And we're going to die. And then this man has the audacity to say, all right, so before you and the boy eat, make me something. Now, come on. Can you see that on social media? Local minister takes widows last food. Come on, let's be real. Can, can, can you see that? I mean, CNN, I, local minister taking food from the widow. Somebody, you know, he said, uh, Come back tomorrow. Bring the camera back. Say, they never come back to the next day. So she says, all right, I trust God. She makes, she does what he says. And, and, and the next morning she wakes up. She says, the mill barrel's full. He said, yeah, and it's going to be. So then, you know, all those skeptical neighbors, you know, when you got food, nobody else got food. You got relatives you didn't know about. And check it out. It says it not only fed him, her, and the boy, and her family for the rest of the drought. You know that drought lasted three years. I'm telling you, we serve the God who is the faithful God who will provide for us. But we cannot let what's happening around us change who we are. Do you remember? We've been reading the master plan. Let's go to Acts 2, uh, verse 44 real quickly. Turn there with me. Do you know the early church? Let's get real with this. They faced severe persecution. They were martyred. When you read Fox's Book of Martyrs and these other areas, the, 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 the attack, the persecution against Christians in the first century was unprecedented. And yet, <laughs> look at their lifestyle. All the believers were together, had everything in common. Look at verse 45. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone they had need. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, hang 45. Yeah, look, they're being persecuted. People are dying. We better sell the house and hide that money under the mattress in a coffee can. Of course, nobody has a Folgers coffee can anymore. So let's go to verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Wait a minute. They kept meeting together publicly? Wow. They broke bread in their homes, ate together, glad and sincere hearts. What happened because of that? Praising God. Praising God. Enjoying the favor of the people, not the rulers, but the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who are being saved. You know what happens when we're sacrificial and not selfish? People see Jesus. People see God. They see the grace of God. Do you know that our response to a situation isn't determined by the situation? It's determined about the Word of God, who He is, and what He said. Because, see, we're taking the long perspective on this. Come on, how many know what I'm saying? The coronavirus will come to pass someday. 
but the Word of God will last forever. And so what we're doing is simply saying we're going to walk through this thing the way God wants us to walk through this thing. I, I, I really believe that God wants to use His church and use His people uh, to, to do something very great. I want us to be smart. Please listen to me. I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know if, if they, in Alabama they're going to say we can't have church. But if they say that, we'll have to do what they say. But you know what? We're gonna, we, we, we developed our own line campus. We're going to have church. We're going to have church. We're going to meet together. We're going to do some things. Do you see why we've been building a house of prayer? Do you know why this is happening? I pray that it doesn't come to that because I pray this virus stops. I pray there's a sovereign hand of God. But this is what I know. Whatever steps we take, we're going to take them. We're going to take them together. God's going to be in control. And however we do it, I want you to listen to me as your pastor. I'm going to get the word to you. I'm going to get the word to you. We're going to have an opportunity to hear the word. And if we're sitting in our homes or sitting in this room, we're still going to be in the house of prayer. Come on. We're still going to be in the tabernacle of David. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. We're going to have the word together. We're going to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil nor a plague or a virus can stop, end, or kill the church of Jesus Christ. And we will do whatever we need to do to keep Calvary alive and well. Amen. There are a lot of people depending on us. Finally, let me say this. We're not going to panic. We're, we're going to be light. We're not going to hide our light. We're going to shine our light right now. Amen. We're not going to go run hide it. We're going to shine it. John 14. Turn there with me. Verse John. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Matthew 5 verse 14. Matthew 5 14. Let's show this. I want to give you a quick illustration here in a moment. Let's look at this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. What we're doing today is keeping the light on. We're keeping the light on. Thank you for being here today. It would have been easy not to come. I don't want you to come if you're afraid. I don't want you to come if you're sick. But if we can come, we came. Why? Because we're keeping the light on. This is a, a place of hope and refuge and promise. Verse uh, 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone. Let's say everyone. Everyone in the house. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine, every one of us individually, before others, that they may see your good deeds. See? See that? What, are, what, are, what would be good deeds right now? That we're going to walk by faith and not by fear. That we're going to have peace in the middle of the storm. That we're not going to be selfish. We're going to be sacrificial. That we're going to live this life out so that in this crisis, the people of God and the glory of God is seen. What happens when we do that? They see God. They glorify God. See, when we do the right things in the crisis, people realize that's not them. That's God. That's bigger than them. That's God. God gets glorified. I, I think that's, uh, that, that's the last verse that I put up there. Yeah, verse 16. So, so let me say this, church family. I want you to hear this from me today. Who are we? We're the people handing hope out everywhere we can go. We're the people living by the word of God. When people are fearful and afraid, we're going to walk in peace. We're giving hope. We're letting the light shine. Uh, listen, this virus we have, listen to me, that's out here today is very contagious. But I am praying that you and I, in the midst of this viral contagion, that we will become believers that are so genuine and real and authentic that we will become more contagious than coronavirus. Anybody listening to me right now? I'm praying for a contagious faith, for a contagious church, for a contagious witness 
where people look at you and say, what is going on in your life? And we're not flaky and weird and off the wall and saying crazy things. We're saying, you know what? I believe God's with us right now. I believe God's word is true. I believe God's going to bring us through this situation. I pray that our faith becomes contagious during this time. We're spreading faith. We're spreading hope. I pray that goes everywhere. People need it right now. I, I want to... Uh, I've got, I'm going to take five minutes. We're going to be over. Turn with me to Acts chapter 27. Acts 27. Let me show you something. I want to pull a couple of principles for you to take with you and illustrate what I just taught you. And then we're going to pray. We're going to go home, all right? Uh, and we're going to go spread Jesus. Acts 27. Paul had been arrested. Let's look at these things I just taught you. And he was put on a ship to take him to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. Okay? So Paul is on this ship. He's done nothing wrong. But on this journey, we, we find in Acts 27, verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force, the northeaster, swept down from the island. So Paul is going along in the purpose of God, like you and I, and unforeseen and unexpected, and overnight a storm blew in on top of them. Here they were, all right? The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called uh, Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship to hold it together. Fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of uh, Sartus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle uh, overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So what did they do? A storm crashes in on them. They don't know what to do. They did all the things they knew to do. They, you got me? They put the ropes around. They secured. They did what they could. We're going to wash our hands and use the sanitizer and not cough on people and have your tissue and we're going to do what we can do. You with me? We're going to do what we can do. But, but this thing kept raging on them till they till they some of them just gave up hope we're not going to give up hope come on say amen now look at this after the men had gone a long time without food paul stood before them and said men you have taken my advice had you taken my advice not to sell from crete then we wouldn't you would have spared yourself this damage loss but now i urge you keep your courage all right because not one of you will be lost only the ship will be destroyed now look at this in the middle of a storm, <laughs> raging on them, we're not going to make it. We gave up hope. Look at this verse. Last night, an angel of God, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me. Paul's down in the bottom of that ship. Oh, God. <laughs> I've done everything I can do. Storm's back beating our doors off down here. Everybody's giving up hope. You know what he was doing? He was in a house of prayer in the middle of a storm. He was saying, God, come on, be with us. God, I'm praying. God, I'm down here praying. And God says, you know what? I'm going to send an angel. I'm going to divinely intervene. Anybody listen to what I'm saying? I'm going to send someone in response to the prayer of my people. Sometimes, listen to me, one man, 
one woman praying to God can save everybody on the boat. Do you know that your prayer, your prayer, your prayer, your prayer, where you work, where you go to school, in your family, what you do, God's not looking to drown people. God's not looking to kill people. God's not looking to make people sick. He's looking for someone who knows how to live in a house of prayer who will intercede before God. God's looking for somebody to save the boat. So last night, the angel came, and this is what he said. Do not be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sell with you. You know what he said? Paul, I've got a purpose for your life. Paul, I've got a calling on your life. And this storm's not going to stop my purpose. This storm's not going to break what I'm sending you to do. And everybody on the boat with you is just blessed because my man's on this boat right now. Come on, my woman. So keep up your courage, for I have faith in God. Come on. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Come on. Nevertheless, we're going to run aground somewhere. Now look at this. I thought this interesting. I'm going to drop down in a minute. On the 14th night, well, they keep saying you got to quarantine 14 days. Fourteen's <laughs> a number. Well, come on. Listen, I'm going to hoop up here in a minute if y'all don't help me preach. <laughs> on the 14th day, I lost hope. Not going to make it. Ship's going down. All's going to be lost. We're all going to be dead. There's not enough room in a cemetery. I'm telling you, we serve the God who has an angel who will walk in the middle of your storm. Listen, the storm didn't end, but God said, I got you in this thing. I'm going to kick you out of this thing. So, so the, the, the ship wrecks, and, and, but every one of them, think of this, in a storm, 200, and it gives the number 70, somebody's in here, or we're on this ship. Uh, they're all safe. Now go to chapter 28. I'm almost done. Come on, I've skipped a lot here. I got the number. You got the number. It was a lot of people. <laughs> 276. I knew it was there. All right, now, look at this. Once safely on shore, we found out the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. Come on, favor's coming to you. Listen to me. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul just shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. Come on. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. <laughs> now, come on, listen to me. We live in a crazy world with a short-term culture. So in, 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 in 30 minutes, you can go from a murderer to a God. Neither one is true. Come on. The point is this. There are going to be moments that look like you're in trouble. There are going to be moments that look like there is no way out. 
But God is in control and he is watching over you. And storms and snakes and threats are not greater than the promise of God to your life. So Paul shakes the snake off. Everybody watches him. Said, whoa. So, so now, you know, listen, because you have faith, they might think you're crazy. Because we have faith, we might be chastised. Because we're not panicking. Have you ever noticed people get mad if you don't panic? They're worrying. Why aren't you worrying? Well, you look like you're doing enough for all of us right now. Why aren't you upset? Well, I don't know. You seem to be taking care of that right now. What's wrong with you? I'm the person that's wrong with me because I'm not afraid. Well, we're just trusting God. But you know what happened after Paul didn't fall prey to the snake? Then they brought everybody on the island who was sick. And he prayed for them and God healed them. God saved an entire island because of what the enemy meant to destroy you. God has a blessing out on the other side. And God will take the crisis and flip it for his glory if we will trust him. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Worship team, come. And guys, I want you to get this said. I rarely do this, but I, I, I'm going to play a song with the lyrics. And I want you to look at the lyrics. I want you to worship best you can. Listen, this song talks about what happens in the Father's house. I am living in the Father's house. Anybody living in the Father's house, we are in this house of prayer. It goes with you to work, with you to school, with you when you go home. The Father's house. I'm in the Father's house. Anybody joining me in the house? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.